Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Well, hi, Brenda. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Gil? Excellent. Well, thanks again for joining us for uh, Restored and Remarried. Uh, what's happening with your marriage? What's what's How's it going in your long-standing, loving relationship? As we pass along to you, tips, tools, and tingles. I can't wait for people to just, you know, repeat what you say when they, as soon as they hear us. That It's like our jingle. We have so many little jingles, don't we? Jingle tingles, yes. <laughs> jingle yes. tingles. So today we're going to talk about those people. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Those people happen to be your children. <laughs> and uh, often the question is, what are those people doing? Yeah, when are those people leaving? When are those people coming back? Uh, we kind of miss them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we do miss them. On and on. We do miss them. You well, know, now that are, we're empty nesting, yeah, we do kind of miss them. Yeah, that's true. You know, what are those people getting into the refrigerator? I mean, on and on. It's just like you, you, you kind of get the idea. So we lovingly refer to our children as those people. Mm-hmm. We have seven of them between the two of us. When we first got started, they were preteen, early 20s. Yeah, and out now, of our seven, there were five yeah, under our roof. Yeah, and then that, your two older guys were kind of out on yeah, their own. Yeah, they were kind of on their own. Um, you know, they they were uh, still blending, you know, and it took a long time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, still we're working on that. Here we are almost 15 years later and uh, still working on some of those issues. But yeah. uh, So it's funny as we um, talk to a lot of people, you know, whether we're counseling or coaching, it's it's funny how a lot of times the main issue isn't with the couple, it's with the kids. Yeah, those people. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think that's one of the main reasons that second marriages divorce at a higher rate is because of the stress and the tension that those people bring, which is why, you know, we like to focus on the marriage to be strengthening, strengthening the marriage. But man, we cannot ignore those people and their journey. Right, right. And I, I think that overall, you know, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. Yeah, But those people kind of kind of drift in in and out. And this is a complicated process. Duh. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, family systems with regard to your kids, our kids, their kids. I mean, even talking to people about how children impact somebody who hasn't even gone through a divorce, but yet maybe a sibling has and how that impacts, you know, from grandma to grandpa to somebody you don't even know. Yeah. You know. And we're going to talk about all those different moving parts. <laughs> <laughs> Not all. We can't cover them all today, but right, this right. is kind of a we, we're calling this those people basic. So this is kind of like the baseline. Some of you may have heard these stats and information before. Some of you, this might be new information, but I know even now it's kind of nice to revisit the beginnings and what our kids were going through because it gives me more appreciation for where they're at now. Yeah, because in the beginning, we were really excited about this. Mm -hmm. You know, new love, new companionship. We were going to be able to come together and (laughs) this was just going to all happen 
automatically. Everybody yeah. was just going to get along. Because we had the rose-colored glasses yeah. on, right? And we, they, yeah. Those people did not. They yeah. did not. And I think that was one of the things we talked about in the myths earlier was, oh, yeah, this is all just going to come together. And that is a myth. Big freaking myth. <laughs> it's like does not work that well. But, you know, I, I should do a disclaimer here because in some situations we have found that Kids just assimilate, and the and everything start. They, it, it's really working, yeah. and so it's not like this is a hundred percent of the time. There's always those exceptions um, to the rule. Yeah, that we just hate those people because <laughs> <laughs> they they don't have to go through the pain. Well, it's not it's pain, but it's challenge. challenge yeah. But um, so if you have not experienced some of what we're sharing, count yourself blessed. Um, and maybe hearing what we have to say, you'll have more compassion on those of your friends that are dealing with some of these challenges. So, um, you know, you'd said, Gil, that when we got together, we just assumed that our kids would just be happy with us and, and everything. But in a sense, when a lot of kids see their bio parents remarrying somebody else, it's another loss to them. Yeah, it, it is another loss. They've lost one uh, family system. And that's been enough of a of a a, 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 a horrible circumstance, mm-hmm. and now the hope of them ever reconciling and seeing their parents and their family come back together again as a as a complete unit is now it's gone it's done it's it's another loss to them, because in a lot of ways these kids didn't sign up for this, and then sometimes as we reflect and you know and, and look in the rearview mirror as we get into this whole process. Is just like, well, hey, I didn't necessarily sign up for this either. You know, this yeah. was not going to be like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the kids, you know, they didn't always, they didn't sign up for this. Yeah, and I, you know, my parents divorced when I was 15. And, you know, I'm, do I have to say how old I am No, now? don't say okay. how old you are. I'm older now. <laughs> but that was you like, look good. that was, what, 30, 40 years ago. And I still wish my bio parents would be back together. I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine because they're in their 80s now and they're, boy, they're so different. But still that little girl inside of me, it still impacts me. When I go to see them, they live two hours apart. It still impacts, you know, I got to rent a car. I got to fly into certain cities. And, and, and it's, it's a lot of work, which I don't mind doing. But the point is, is that what would my life have been like if they were still back together? So I don't ever want to forget that, uh, my experience, because I want to be sensitive to my kids and your kids, our kids' experience. Yeah, they didn't voluntarily step into this. They were kind of voluntold. Oh, where did you get voluntold? Voluntold. Hmm. Well, we got that from a friend of ours uh, who is a military background. You know, so volunteer is, you know, one thing. But being voluntold, yeah, sign up, here you go. Whether you like it or not, here you go. However, I think, you know, as you reflect back, as you were sharing your story of, you know, here you were uh, 14 or 15 years old when your parents divorced and, you know, separate lives, et cetera, et cetera. And you're still grieving that even now as as a older lady. Older lady. <laughs> <laughs> did I just call you old? You yeah. did. I you were did. sleeping on the couch tonight. Uh, you look pretty good for being how old you are. <laughs> Um, so anyway, but I think about this, here's a kiddo who's lost their security, uh, you know, in heavens, we talked to so many different couples who were going through situations that we coach and we counsel with. And that the, the thing is, is that the kids grieving 
but they don't know how to put it into words. Well, and sometimes that grieving can look like anger. Oh, and, yeah. And disrespect. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, just go down. And then sometimes it goes even further, unfortunately, into, you know, drugs and alcohol. And, um, and a lot of times these kids are just hurting and they're crying out for help. Give me some attention here. Yeah. You know, give me, yeah. you know, and let me know that I'm loved and this is secure because all of that's been torn away yeah. from me. Yeah. And, and so the grief aspect, I think, completely gets forgotten, ignored, or completely not even understood because grief can express itself in a lot of crazy ways, especially if you're a kid and you can't say, oh, hey, by the way, mom, or hey, by the way, dad, what you did really just tore my heart apart and I really am pissed off at you. Yeah. Sorry for saying that, but really that's kind of where they're coming from. Yeah. And they don't know how to say that. And, and how do you say that other than maybe act it out or, mm -hmm. you know, break the rules? Or I think that one of the things is, is that the kids that need the most attention are probably screaming with their behavior the loudest. Mm -hmm. So if there's something going on with their behavior, check their grief monitor. It well, could be related. And even the quiet ones, you got to watch it. Oh, watch, watch out, out for, for all of them. <laughs> watch out for the quiet ones. Oh, but, my But, you gosh. know, a lot of times they'll say, well, as long as mom's happy. And that's how they kind of deflect their own emotions and how they're going. And, you know, it's not like you have to, it's like beat a dead horse of every day. How are you feeling? Are you okay? It's, you don't want to, you just really have to kind of be emotionally sensitive and pick up on cues. Be available. Oh, yes. That's huge. I think, huge. honestly, it's it's kind of back to knowing, again, some of the people that I, that, that I sit with in the counseling room whose parents have gone through divorces and good heavens, some of the stories are just heart-wrenching and heartbreaking uh, because not only are they dealing with grief, but now they're potentially dealing with cases of trauma. Mm -hmm. And those trauma, those issues of trauma, we'll talk about this a little later on. It's a thing referred to as adverse childhood experiences. And some of those things can impact people's health their ability to earn a living, their ability to think straight. And that all happens potentially between the ages of 1 to 18. Mm. And I'm just kind of scratching on the surface of that. But be aware of the grief factor. I think that's really a basic understanding as parents to understand about your kiddos, regardless of how old they are. Because frankly, I think when we got married, the grief factor was showing up even in our early 20-year-olds with some of the things they said or some of the things they didn't say because they literally just separated themselves from us mm -hmm. because they didn't want, they didn't know how to deal with it. And they were mad. Well, and they were probably still protecting their heart yeah. Yeah. too, which, um, you know, <laughs> talking about kids as we get into this, it, it, it sounds like such a downer and so depressing and, and <sighs> I don't know if depression is the word I want to use, but I want to just throw in a statistic here that hopefully will be encouraging is that um, a long time ago, there were studies done that kids that were from divorced families, you know, their rate of divorce, if they were to marry themselves, would be so much higher. But current statistics say that kids in a blended family that see a healthy marriage, it's almost like there's redemption that happens and a healthy marriage is modeled for them. So they now have higher, uh, it's a higher statistic that kids that get married from a blended family will have successful marriages. Yeah, they'll have satisfaction. Yeah, they'll and it's succeed. almost like, yeah, it's almost like that 
caught, not taught. You know, you can tell kids to, you know, be nice to the dog, and then when they're not looking, you kick the dog. I mean, <laughs> you want to be able to be real in your marriage, and your relationship, because that's really going to affect your kids. So that's the positives that can come out of this. So what you're saying, Brenda, is, is that if in the marriage, in the remarriage, if we can have the establishment of a solid, as best as possible, thriving marriage, then that's going to impact the kids for their future as well as for their ability to trust, repair, and become secure again. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, that's huge. So in the myrrh of all this, oh, this is a, you know, down or this is so depressing, this is a lot of pain and hurt, there are some bright rays of, like I said, redemption and and joy and in, positive. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, as, as you were saying, um, uh, it comes to my mind that some research that we had come across years ago was is that boys actually take divorce harder than the girls, but the girls actually take the remarriage harder than the boys. Mm. And as I reflect on that, you think about that, you know, boys, their ability to, you know, uh, oh, I'm losing something, where the girls are like, maybe they're more um, uh, comforted. They have maybe their mom, maybe they have a good relationship with their their, their dad, depending mm-hmm. upon the circumstances mm-hmm. of who left who or who died, mm-hmm. you know, because that's not the, you know, divorce is not the only way you show up in the room of remarriage. Right. Uh, all roads are very difficult and painful, mm-hmm. but for those kiddos. So, you know, back to this boy-girl thing of who takes what harder, um, I find even reflecting back with with our own daughter, with my daughter, that when uh, we went through the divorce, she seemed to be able to weather that. But the boys, my sons, they, they it really rocked their world. Yeah. And then when we remarried, it was the other way around. Yeah, because you know? she would we be when we were dating, and I'm sure many of you have experienced this. Uh, with our daughter, she would, Gil's daughter, our daughter, would sit in between us on the couch. She would always kind of wiggle her way, almost like saying, the dad is my territory back off, <laughs> yeah. which I respected. Yeah, and that took time. Mm-hmm. You know, it took time to, to realize that she could trust you and that, you know, you... Uh, that she was still welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about some of those things too, because dads, you still need to date your daughter. Yes. Uh, you know, especially going through all this, they need to know that that's secure, uh, a secure place. So if you're not dating your daughter, I'm getting off of it here a little bit. But guys, dads, stepdads, if any place, even dad, dads, yeah, first yeah, relations, first time relations, date your daughters. They need to know what a solid man is, who's respectful, who's safe, and. Uh, such, but all, because all you to know, say, you know what? Yeah, this is really putting a lot on you guys. Oh, but boy. girls will look for men to marry that are like their dads. Yeah, matter of fa- matter that's fact, a lot of <laughs> yeah, matter of fact, when when my daughter married, uh, one of the things she said was, "Well, yeah, dad, he's he's kind of a lot like you." And I'm kind of, "Oh boy, you poor thing." Um, <laughs> You know, he even wears slippers like you do, Dad. I was like, oh, really? This he's is He's an old soul, yeah, though. Yeah, he's, he's a cool guy. But uh, at any rate, you know, those are kind of those things. Again, it's back to, hey, the Brady Bunch? No, that was a myth. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We did just touch on that for a minute. Did we ever see any interactions with uh, the exes in there? No. There was no connection. Right. Right. And, and again, in the circumstances per se in those episodes really had nothing to do with the dynamic of step family. It was like they were a normal, everyday, happy-go-lucky, middle-class America, you know, 
family. And they're all their problems were solved in a half hour. Yeah. That's well, pretty cool. <laughs> but again, at the same time, the complications of step family, people coming and going, the loss, that type of thing, that was really never addressed. So again, we're just, not that we want to blow the, you know, the, the Brady Bunch out of the water, but yes, we do. Well, the, usually when people say, oh, you're just like the Brady Bunch, it's usually people that are not in a step family. <laughs> well, in the, in, the, in the notion of having, you know, seven children between the two of us. But as we kind of researched the Brady Bunch, the whole concept of what they did. The Brady Bunch ran from the late 1968-69 to about 74. And the reason they ran and developed the Brady Bunch when I was researching was, was because at that point in history in America, the divorce rate was skyrocketing. And what they wanted to do on television was normalize a divorced and remarried family. Although it really is never clear how the Brady's got together other than, you know, this person, that person, and, you know, all the cute little pictures, whether the parents, you know, their, their former spouses were, you know, widowed or if it was divorced, really not clear. Yeah, Somebody, I think somewhere along the line, Carol's was a widow. Yeah. But- yeah, I don't so know. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's if somebody's clear. yeah, if somebody's got the the skinny on that, let us know. But when you when you think about it, though, they were trying to normalize it, saying this is just status quo. This is happening. You know, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. But again, it was kind of like part of the diminishing of the nuclear family because the divorce rate was so high and it really hasn't slowed down. Maybe mm-hmm. it's tapered off some. Uh, but it's kind of like wow. How how do we um, create a, a thing that, you know, when we say, oh, you're just like the Brady Bunch, to take the stigmatism out of divorce, remarriage, and that, hey, this is just a piece of cake. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, not. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not. Well, it's interesting because statistics show that uh, most divorces happen within the first two years in a remarriage. And if you think about it, uh, you know, when we meet with couples and they're like about a year into it, And they're having all these challenges where you look at each other and we go, yep, you're right on time. Those first two years are hard because everyone, the rose-colored glasses are starting to fall off a little bit. Reality is starting to hit. And we're like, oh, boy, what's is this ever going to calm down? No, it won't. (laughs) Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. I mean, it continues to come at you depending upon the age of the children. Yes. Uh, But, yeah, those first two years are the most difficult typically because things in a remarriage are accelerated. Mm -hmm. You know, it's stepping onto a moving train with children. You know, you don't just gradually move into this. It's ready-made family. And I I think the the parents and and the couples that I admire the most are the people who step into a remarriage. And for them, it's a first time marriage. Because and, and they don't have any kids. They have no clue of what they're in for. They haven't had any children. They may be a great auntie or a great uncle. But until it's under your roof every day of the week, yeah, oh, boy. Yeah. You know, so in a lot of ways, those guys really have a difficult uh, adjustment out of everyone that we've ever talked mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And so if you're one of those people who are stepping into a remarriage, and it's a good likelihood that if you are re- getting married for the first time, that you may be marrying someone who already has children. So yeah. you're going to have a ready-made family right out of the chute. And so stepping onto that that moving train, you, you need to really prepare yourself because it's going to be a jolt to your system. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way, right? In a good way. Right? <laughs> and it's back to what you're saying. This can be a thriving, exciting, mm-hmm. good thing, but it's all how you frame it. 
It's yeah. really all how you frame it. And when the going gets tough, don't freak out. Just kind of settle down and realize, hey, this is for the long haul. Because I think, what did you, what did, where did we see? How long does it? Uh, what's the average time for a family to blend? Oh, average is five to seven years, if ever. Yeah, because some step families, blended families, never blend at all. And that's another thing. Step family, the term step family, is more of a clinical term. And blended family came up to kind of soften it. I think sometimes in the church environment, we want to be warm, cozy. No, we want, to, we want to be in denial. <laughs> it's blended family. We really family. want to be, yeah, this is just going to be a blend. No. I've heard bonus family. I've heard all kinds of different things. But yeah. I guess step family is the clinical term for it. But it all means the same thing. And to realize that five to seven years when somebody's at like the four-year mark and they're like ready to throw the towel in, it's like, no, just hang on. Because I know I felt a shift at seven years. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the other thing too is is if you're that step-parent with a step-kid, don't expect that they're going to accept you in the first, you know, couple months. It may take a couple of years before they even actually even recognize you. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm, I'm working with kids uh, and young adults in, in my counseling practice to where they are in their 30s and they still refer to their bio parent as mom. But the step parent, it's like, oh, it's, that's my, my dad's wife or, oh, that's my mom's husband. There is still a disdain depending upon how well did that person really accept, respect, and love that that new stepchild? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, exactly. I think one of the things that was exciting for me in brief was is that one of my stepsons, uh, we, we had heard the fact that you would, uh, you know, if, if the kiddo was five, they might receive you at age 10, meaning, yeah. you know, double the age of the kid by the time that they might accept you. So if you got a five-year-old and the window of acceptability and bonding is open, hey, they may really speed up because you're there. Yeah, the younger the kids yeah. are, the, it, the bonding does help because you're doing life together. Right, right. You know? And they them. don't have that teenage attitude yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's going to be another that's topic. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, but I, I, kind of winding it up, though, is, is that just, you know, in that situation, uh, the more that you're able to show respect close the gap, allow that kid to, you know, kind of treat you like an uncle or an aunt. No, you're not your parent. We're going to talk about some of those things maybe in the next coming episodes. But Well, it's like, you know, when in doubt, you just have to realize, and I had to remember this because like with some of your kids, I really wanted to bond and engage right away because I loved them. Mm -hmm. But the kids, the stepkids set the pace of the relationship. So I could not force my way because I tried and it didn't work. You have to go with their pace when they're ready to accept you, if that's, and when they ever do. So That's a basic. Yeah, yeah so our basic. youngest child was 11 when we got 11, married. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it it pretty much took into their 20s yeah. for them to kind of really feel like, okay, we're all connected. So say that and again, it, Brenda. It took them how many years? Well, you double it. So think about it. If you marry somebody and their child is 30... <laughs> it may be 60 before they... Yeah, everybody's going to be dead. Be yeah, everybody's going to be dead before they accept But you know it. what? I think the idea is is that <laughs> I we both knew that we weren't going anywhere, that we're in this for the long haul, that our marriage is strong, and however long it takes that child to accept either one of us, that's okay because we're here to love them where they're at. And boy, that was tested over and over so remember, as you're working with stepchildren, the main thing is 
What? <laughs> Love them where they're at. You're shaking your head at me like, no, 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 what? Don't say it. Don't, don't say, say it. it. Don't say what is, is that there's literally about 67 different types of step families out there. And so if you think you're real unique, we want to inform you. No, you probably <laughs> just have a different version of one of those unique types of step families. Yes, you're special. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but there are a lot of variations of step families and stepchildren and ages and, and such. But how you act as that step parent. Let your motto be, there's plenty of love to go around. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is so basic to being a step parent and dealing with those people that there's plenty of love to go around as for your own kids as well as for your step kids. Yeah. And we'll talk more in future podcasts about discipline, but just as a little teaser, you know, especially early on in your relationship, you want the bio parent to, to give the... Um, discipline to their bio You want them kid. to be the heavy, yeah. Yeah, but you want to show United Front. It would be like, you know, uh, Gil and I discuss this and we feel your punishment, your discipline would be blah, 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 blah. Just just a little note for those that, you know, yeah. are in the thick of it going, how do we do this? That well, those are the times when you, you pick up the phone, call us, email us, you know, throw us some questions. I think as we wrap up this particular session, it's like, hey, we're here to be of help, to be coaches, to, you know, direct you to the website, to, you know, get resources. Again, supply you with what you may may or may not already have at your disposal, but also to be an encouragement to you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now can I say it? Go for it. Okay, so remember this, everyone. If you ain't got the marriage. You ain't got nothing. All right, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on the website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one -on -one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.